Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Well, good morning, good morning. My name is Justin. If you don't know me, I'm part of the team here at C3 Noosa. I have the honor of sharing with you over the next 30, 40 minutes, which I'm excited to do, but why don't we just pray and then we're gonna get into that word. Father, right now, as we come together, God, I'm just believing that heaven is open over this place and you're gonna touch the hearts of your people. Father, I thank you that it's not my word, but your word speaking into the hearts of people. Holy Spirit, that you would carry revelation right now into the hearts of your people. God, as we just come together, I thank you that there is freedom and there's unity and there's liberty and there's that grace and mercy we sing of. And so God, right now I pray that you would just open heaven over this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you believe that, grab a seat. So good to have you with us this morning. Well, I'm excited to uh, camp out with you guys this morning a little bit as we continue the theme of one another. This idea of life is better when we do it together, which I, I totally agree with. So uh, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to kind of sit in in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 14. That's kind of where we're going to hang out for this morning. But before we go there, I want to read you the words of Jesus he says this, which I think is very significant. I think we've all read it before and we gloss over it because it's something that's so familiar to us, but there's something very significant and powerful in the statements of Jesus. He says this in Matthew 18, 20. He says, for where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Wherever two or three gather together, wherever two or three come together in his name, he's saying that I'm, th- I'm going to be there in the midst of you, right? Now, some of you may think, well, that's great. Does that mean if I'm on my own, God's not with me? And of course, the answer is no, because the Bible's very clear. It tells us that I will never leave you. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. But Scripture talks over and over again about this this idea that when we gather together as believers, when we come together in agreement, in biblical relationship, in biblical community, what God says is that in that context, there's a special presence, and there's a special anointing, and there's a special power that exists in that place. There's something powerful about the agreements of Christians who come together in biblical community. Amen? And so today, what I want to talk about is the importance of biblical community really in the context, or biblical relationships in the context of what we call life groups or connect groups. And so what is a connect group? Well, a connect group is very simply a group of people that have decided to come together to do life together based on the Word of God, based on prayer, that we're going to journey together through the ups and downs in life, right? That's really connect group. And why, do I, why is that important? Well, let me step back for a minute and just premise this. And I really believe this with all my heart. When I look out at our people, and when I think about my life and I look out over my family, I sincerely believe that inside of us, God has planted seeds of greatness, seeds of greatness, that you and I have the ability, far beyond what we think is possible, to do amazing things under the strength and power of God. So there's greatness in your life, and there's potential. In fact, in some of you, I really believe in our younger generations that God is going to call marriages out of them, and we're going to see in those marriages a generation of believers coming through that they raise up. And in some of you, I really believe God's got a ministry that He wants to pull out of you that's going to help not just people here, but people around the world, amen? And in some of you, perhaps there's a business God wants to pull out of you that's going to help people, a business that's going to generate revenue that can be invested into the things of God to advance His kingdom. 
Maybe some of you need to tell your story. Maybe there's a book inside of you that God wants to get out of you that's going to impact on somebody's life. So the idea is that there is greatness and there is God potential that He places inside of you to do far more than perhaps what you're doing right now. F- to do exceedingly abundantly more than maybe you think you're, you're capable of doing, right? But the thing is, the problem is for so many people, they seem to be missing a key ingredient. They seem to be missing a significant connection. And what they're missing is they're missing the right relationships in their life. And so what I want to talk about, and I want you to write this thought down, is this is that you will never do all God wants you to do, all God has purposed for you, without the right people around you. Right, let me say that again. You will never do all God wants you to do, all God has purposed for you in your life, unless you have the right people around you. You'll never accomplish all that God wants you to accomplish without the right people around you. Why? Because the right relationships are like a drawing balm that tend to draw out that greatness that God has put inside of you. And I'm sure some of you can attest to this in your life. You've had people that have come into your world in seasons and you formed a relationship and these people believe in you. They speak encouragement into your world. They spur you on. They get you to stretch a little bit. They get you out of your comfort zone when you don't think you can. And then one day you look back on that season on, that, on your life and you're amazed at what you were able to achieve. But you understand you potentially couldn't have achieved it without walking that relationship with somebody, right? Who's ever had that? I've had that in my life. People who believe in you more than perhaps you believe in yourself. Amen? And you might say, well, Justin, that's great. But surely if I've got God, that's all I need, right? Well, if you look throughout Scripture again, you're going to see from the beginning to the end that there's this theme and there's this idea that God uses God's people to bring about God's purposes, right? God uses God's people to bring about. Now, the thing is, He doesn't have to. He's God. But God has always existed, and I've said it before, in the context of relationship. Before time began, he existed in relationship with his son and the Holy Spirit. So God chooses to move and touch you and speak to you through, the, through relationship, right? That's just the way the cookie crumbles. We've got to get used to that. God doesn't have to, but he will always use people to bring about his purposes. In fact, if you go back to the beginning of the Bible and you look at the story of creation, I mean, there you've got Adam. God's come to the end of his creation story. There's Adam and he's standing in this garden that's literally just heaven on earth. He's without sin, so he's walking in perfect unity with God every day. You kind of think as Christians, we should have just stopped the story there. We could have just felt so good about ourselves, going, wow, God, look what you've achieved. This is the best story in the world. There once was this guy who just had this amazing relationship, but yet we find that's not the end of the creation story, right? Because God looks at his perfection, and he looks at everything he's done, and he looks at him and he goes, this is great, but there's just something not right and he's thinking about it and he's looking at this and he looks at Adam and he goes, you know what? This is wonderful, but it's not good. Something's not right. It's not good that Adam be what? That Adam be alone. It's not good he's on his own. Hang on. Adam's walking every day of his life face to face, hand in hand with the creator of the universe. What more could you want? Yet God still says to say, you know what? This isn't really right. He needs relationship. He needs connection, right? What he's saying is, I'm looking at my perfect creation and I'm saying, at some level, I want you to experience the communion and unity and togetherness that I've had with my Son and my Holy Spirit for eternity. Amen? It's not good that man should be alone. And if you look at Solomon, one of the wisest kings that walked the face of the earth, what does he tell us? He tells us this. He says, it's 
two, two are better than one. Because if one falls down, his friend can't help him up, right? But his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls down and he's alone. He's got no one to help him. Deuteronomy says if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. Now we miss something in that. What that scripture is saying is two isn't twice as good as one. Two is ten times better than one. So the Holy Spirit power is leveraged ten times to one when we walk in agreement with someone else. I don't know about you, but if I'm praying for a miracle, I'm going to go find someone and I'm going to walk in agreement, understanding that that power is being leveraged ten times to one. Amen? Come on. The opposite is really true as well. So the right people in your life will propel you forward into the purposes of God. The wrong people in your life will very quickly derail you and take you off course from the purposes that God has for you, right? And so the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, he understands this. And so he says this to his church. He says, guys, be cautious because bad company or the wrong people will corrupt good morals or good character, right? In fact, I want you just to do an exercise. And if you think very quickly, just who are the five most influential voices in your life right now? Who are the five people that are closest to you, that are in your inner, inner, inner circle, that you allow to speak into your life? Because I want to challenge you that if you show me those five voices in your life, I can tell you where your life's going. I can tell you every time the trajectory of your life based on those five most influential voices that are speaking into your world every day. And it works in any area of your life. For example, if those five most influential people in your life are in your workplace, and you go along to work with them every day, and all you're hearing is, man, my job sucks. I hate my boss. He's just out to mess us over. I hate the people I work with. I'm going to cut corners. No one's ever going to promote me. This is ridiculous. I'm just going to come in uh, and do the least amount of work. If you hang out with that, those voices long enough, I can promise you this very soon, your attitude becomes very sour. Your ability to be promoted is vastly capped, right? All of a sudden, you'll find your life going nowhere very quickly. On the other hand, you work with five people around you. They're like, man, you know what? We are going to serve this company like we serve God. Our job is to make sure that our boss is successful. We love working as a team with our people. We're going to speak encouragement and life into the place we work because we believe that we can make a difference. Hang out with those people. All of a sudden, your ability to get promoted just went through the ceiling, right? You hang around with people with that entrepreneurial spirit on the inside of them that says, you know what, in any situation, there's great opportunity. Man, we can generate some revenue. We can invest this into the kingdom of God. We can build momentum for ministry. Hang around those people. You will find your life getting larger and larger, right? Who are those influential people in your world? Let's take your marriage, right? I see this time and time again. If the five closest married friends you have, it's like guys nights every second night. And they're out drinking more than they should drink. And they're out chasing after girls they shouldn't be chasing after. And the girls every second night are getting together and having a whinge fest about how bad their husbands are and how crooked their husbands are. And they're figuring out ways that they can get out of the marriage. Can I tell you, if you hang around that long enough, your marriage is going to be in trouble, right? But if you've got marriages in your world where the husband is laying down his life for his wife like Christ laid down his life for the church... And the wives go, you know what, I believe that I've been called into a covenant with this man. And there's honor and there's respect. And we're going to work together as a team to achieve the purposes God has for us and for our family. You hang around that long enough, I'm telling you, your marriage is in a good place. Your marriage is going to have longevity. Amen. What about your relationship with God? 
What about your relationship with God? If you hang around people that at best are a Christian on Sunday, Monday to Saturday, they're not at all. Maybe those five most influential voices aren't even Christians in your world at all. And I'm talking about the five closest voices in your life. Can I tell you, very soon you're going to get pulled down. Very soon you're going to find yourself getting distanced from God in your walk. But if those five voices in your world love God, they faithfully stand on His Word. They're prayer warriors. They're in the house of God every week. They're speaking life and encouragement into you and everyone around them. Hang around that and watch how enriched your relationship with God becomes. Who are those voices in your world? So what does this matter? Why talk about this? Because I want to tell you this. When the right people gather together for the right reasons, God gets in the middle of that and starts to do the right things. Amen? God starts to do the right things. Wherever two or more are gathered, there Christ is amongst them. And whenever the right people gather for the right reasons, God begins to make the right things happen in those places. Amen? And so I want to talk to you about the power of heart and soul people this morning, all right? Heart and soul people. And I'm going to relate to a story in the Old Testament that honestly reminds me so much of relationships I've had the privilege of being a part of over my 23 years of journeying with God that have helped me keep going, that have helped me get up when I wanted to go, you know what, this is too hard, that have helped me to understand and realize that as long as I hang on to God with everything I have, sometimes it's just by the fingernails, I'm going to be okay, and so there are three characters in the story that we want to talk to. The first is King Saul. The second is his son, Jonathan. And the third is Jonathan's armor bearer, the guy who would carry Jonathan's armor and at times the battle would help him suit up, right? And so the context of the story, we find it in the Old Testament. At the time, Israel is getting absolutely beat up on by the Philistines, right? God's chosen generation are hiding in caves. They're, they're, they're fugitives trying to avoid the Philistines. The Philistines are this army trained for war that are dominating them at the time. And so we find the story in, first Sam, in Samuel 14, 1 Samuel 14, 1. It says this, one day, everybody say one day. One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armor, come. Now they're sitting in a cave, right? They're hiding out in a cave. Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side, but he did not tell his father. And I thought in starting this story, isn't it interesting, why wouldn't Jonathan confide in his father about the plans to get out there and let's sort this out once and for all? And the truth is this, Jonathan's relationship with his father was really fractured, right? In other words, if we were using modern day technology, we would say that King Saul was, was really an absent father, Right, King Saul should have been a father, should have inputted into Jonathan's life, should have done all the things that fathers, good fathers should do, but he didn't. Maybe some of you can identify with it, maybe that was your dad. Maybe your dad was there, but he wasn't there. You know, his idea of being a father was, I'm going to put food on the table, but that's where I draw the line. Maybe your dad's still here or he's passed away. Maybe it's a spouse or a mother or a partner. But the fact is, to Jonathan, King Saul was not a great dad, right? And so what we find for Jonathan is that he is sitting in a cave, getting really ticked off, that because of his father's inability to lead, not only his family, but his people, they are now suffering the ramifications as God's chosen people. They're hiding in fear. They're disorientated. They don't know what to do. They're in the dark. And Jonathan says, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of a dad that should have done more, should have been more, should have spoken faith into me as his son and faith into our, our people, the nation of Israel, because we're God's chosen people. But instead, he's hiding out with us in the cave. He's insecure. He's indecisive. He's worried. He's anxious all the time. Well, today's the day I'm over it. We've got to get out of this cave. 
I'm sick of living under the consequences of bad relationships, of bad parenting, of all this insecurity and dysfunction. I'm a bearer. We've got to make a plan one day. Today's the day. And let me encourage you just on the back of Jonathan's words, let that be today for you, church. Maybe you're going to hear this message and you're going to walk out of there and go, you know what, I'm not going to let my life be controlled by dysfunctional relationships anymore. Maybe I did have an absent father. Maybe I did have an absent mother. Maybe those five closest voices in my life are destroying me, causing me to do bad things, bad fruits turning up in my life. Today's the day I'm going to walk out of the doors of C3 Church Noosa and I'm going to be intentional about changing things and finding the right relationships in my life. Amen? Amen. So, the first thing I want to talk about is this. Who understands right relationships don't just fall in your lap? Right relationships are not just given to you. Amen? So many times people pick up their Bibles and they walk out of churches because they don't feel connected. They don't feel anybody cares. They don't feel they can have a relationship. But what we fail to remember is that the right relationships take time. They take sacrifice. They take investment. They take commitment. Amen? And so I want to share with you a few thoughts about right people. Because again, when the right people gather together for the right reasons, God gets the middle of, in the middle of it and begins to do right things. And so the first thing about right people is this. The right people help us navigate obstacles and temptations. The right people help us navigate obstacles and temptations. All right, verse 4, 1 Samuel 14, verse 4, Jonathan says this, on each, he was going to set out to the Philistines' ca- camp. It says, on each side of the path that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistines' outpost, there was a cliff. So there's a cliff on one side and the other side. On the one side, the cliff was called Bozes. On the other side, the cliff was called Sina. Now, if you're a note-taker, I want you to circle the word Bozes. That word called Bozes means slippery. And I want you to circle the word Sina. That's, that word Sina means thorny. So is it interesting that sometimes on our journey to change our lives, on our journey to do something different, on the journeys to get to a place where God wants us to be, we've got to navigate slippery slopes of temptation every day, and we've got to, uh, we've got to confront thorny obstacles of our spiritual enemy, right? But think about this. If you do not have the right relationships in your life, the chances of you ending up down the slippery slopes of temptation are far better than if you did. If you don't have the right people in your world that can speak correction in love when you need it, can kick your butt when you're being silly, can offer you encouragement when you really need it, you know, maybe it's a business deal. All of a sudden you find yourself getting a bit greedy on a business deal and doing things you shouldn't be doing with money. Maybe right now your relationship with your partner is going through a lot of struggle and so you're out one night and you start talking to and doing things with someone else you shouldn't be doing. But when you've got the right relationships in your world, they help you navigate those slippery slopes of temptations. They help you deal with those obstacles that the enemy tries to throw at you all the time. Because I want to say this, when the only voice in your life that you're listening to is your own, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. When the only voice that you allow to speak to you in your life is your own, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. Amen? Same is true of obstacles. You run into a challenge. And sometimes you just think, I wish there was someone that could just help me navigate this. Maybe I'm, I'm hitting this wall for the first time and I don't know how to deal with it. In fact, I can guarantee you that there are many of you here today, you would say, Justin, I've got a lot of people in my world. 
I'm the crackle and pop kind of guy. Woman, I've just got everyone around me. Wherever I go, they just follow me like sheep. You know, I'm just there. But you can still be very lonely in those times because you don't have the right relationships. You can still feel like, I'm going through hell. I need advice. Maybe I just need someone that I can pour myself out to and be vulnerable. Maybe I just need someone that can be a sounding ball for me. Yet I'm so lonely because I don't have anyone like that in my world. Amen? The second thing about the right people is this. They help us overcome a wavering faith. I don't know about you, but how many times as a Christian, you know, in my life, there are just things I can believe for. The things where I just, I'm like, God, you're going to do it. I just, something inside me goes, I've got the faith for that. And guess what? God does it. Other things, I just can't shake stuff. And I'm like, oh, I, I really need God to, I want God to move, but I just, I'm struggling with the circumstances. I'm struggling with the situation. I don't know if he will. And so we have this struggle. Well, here in the story, Jonathan's going through that exact emotion right now. Because he says this in verse 6, he says, Jonathan says to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of the uncircumcised fellows. In other words, let's attack them. I've got a plan. We're going to get out of the cave. We're going to go into the Philistines and we're going to sort this out. I'm sick of hiding. But then he says something very interesting. He says, perhaps, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. In other words, I think God may, perhaps he will, I'm not sure but, so here's the predicament. He said, now if I'm the armor bearer in the cave in the dark listening to him, and he's going, armor bearer, this is the plan. We're getting out of here. We're walking over to the, the Philistines, right into the, just the two of us, into the middle of the Philistines' army. We're going to just go like crazy. We're going to take him out. But I'm not sure God's going to turn up. I would be going as the armor bearer. Good luck. Let me know how it works out for you with the Philistines, because if you can't guarantee me God's going to turn up and there's just two of us fighting an army, I don't know if I'm going to be, oh, that's such a great plan. Amen. And he goes on to say, well, nothing's going to hinder, Lord, from saving us yet, but you're still not sure, right? What do you see? You see his faith is a little bit uncertain. It's what I do. Some, sometimes I come home and I'll be like, babes, I just know this is what we're going to do. I was so clear. It just came to me in the car on the way home from work. And then I'm lying in bed at night. And I'm going, was that me? Maybe that was just the circumstances. I start overanalyzing things. And then I'm tossing and turning, going, no, actually it wasn't. Maybe it's not got right. So we have this uncertainty. Sometimes all you need are the right people to go, stop talking, step out. It's right. I want to encourage you in your faith. Don't let the enemy bring doubt. Go for it. Amen. Do it. Many of you have those dreams and those visions that God puts inside of you. It's a word and you go, man, I believe it. It's touched me. It's changed me. But you've never had the courage to step out and act on it. You've never gone, I'm going to make a change in my life. I know what God's saying on the inside of me, but I've just never been brave enough to step out of the cave, right? Sometimes all you need are the right relationships to help you take that step out of the cave, amen? So who are the right people? And I want you to write this down because this is the heart, this is the heart of the message, and I hope that it falls on your heart as it has on mine. The right people, who are they? The right people are those that are with you heart and soul. The right people are those that are with you, heart and soul. The right spiritual influences are with you, heart and soul. In other words, we're not talking about your Facebook friends. We're not talking about those that like your tweets, that hang out on your Instagram posts. You know, hashtag let's do life together in 150 characters or less. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people that are in your life all the time, every day, when you're celebrating on top of a mountain or you're grieving at the bottom of a valley, those people are with you, heart and soul. 
And I love this because Jonathan's like, let's go do this. Let's get out of this cave, but I'm a bit afraid. Right? I think we can, but I'm not sure. It's going it, to, I'm struggling to move on. I'm struggling to move on from what you've got to picture here is here's Jonathan who's struggling to, he knows he's got to change something, right? He's sick of where he's been. He's sick of living under, the, under dysfunctional relationships with a father who doesn't really know how to lead, doesn't really know how to be a father. God's chosen people are living like cowards, hiding, and he goes, I'm sick of my circumstances. I'm sick of dysfunction. I'm sick of people that have said they were going to do something and they didn't do it. I'm sick of people that have promised things in my life and they've never come through. I'm sick of people that are supposed to care for me, love me, protect me, but they never did it. And so I want to get out of my life that's been formed from those circumstances and move on to what God's done because I'm sick of it, but I just don't know if God's going with me. I just don't know if God's, you know, I want to tell you this church, the greatest breakthroughs you're going to experience in your life are going to come on the edge of your greatest struggles. When you're standing at the mouth of the cave going, I don't know, I've got clarity behind me, I don't want this anymore, I want to go forward, but there's this force that's causing me to doubt myself, and I'm struggling, I'm telling you, on the other side of that church, your greatest breakthroughs are waiting for you, amen? The only difference between people who seem to go from glory to glory, from breakthrough to breakthrough, your Phil Pringles, your Joyce Myers, your Stephen Furtick, the only reason they're where they're at is because they've journeyed with people that have been with them heart and soul. And when they've been in seasons where they're like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't think God's given me a voice. I don't think I can step out and plant that church. You read their, their, their autobiographies, I promise you, you will find it in there. People have been in their life and said, stop doubting, you can do it. I'm going to be with you heart and soul. I see what God's put on the inside of you. Come on, let's do this together. Let's journey this out. That's the only difference, church. Amen? It's the only difference. That person that's with you heart and soul. And the armor bearer says this in verse 7, Jonathan, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead, because I'm with you, heart and soul. In other words, I'm not here for a little bit and then I'm going to bail. I'm not hanging in another direction halfway onto the Philistine. I'm with you. I'm not here for a little bit and then gone. I am with you, heart and soul. When you're struggling to get that courage, I'm going to encourage you. When you stop dreaming, I'm going to help ignite those dreams inside of you again. Maybe you just need a sounding board. Figure out, I'm going to be your sounding board. Maybe you need someone to kick your bum. I'll kick your bum for you. I'm with you, heart and soul. Amen? I'm not leaving you. I'm not forsaking you. I don't know about you, but when I'm praying for breakthrough, and I'm on the edge of those cave moments in my life where I know I've got to move forward, but there's something that I'm struggling with, I don't want to be praying on my own. I want to be coming together, linking arms with prayer warriors. I want to be coming together, linking arms with a Wayne and Michelle Short and standing together and shaking heaven together until God answers. Amen? There is power in agreement when we come together with people in your life that have said to you, I'm with you heart and soul. Amen? Awesome. You know, when you go through tragedy and challenges in your life, and I can guarantee you all will, you need people with you that are heart and soul, right? When your daughter comes home with some guy named Smasher who's just got out of jail, you need people that are with you, heart and soul, right? When your son is struggling with a drug addiction, you don't need holier-than-thou, judgmental, churchy people walking in your life saying, well, I told you something was wrong. Oh, clearly you're not parenting properly. Clearly there's sin in your life, and now God's repaying you for it. No, no, and let me tell you, church, you think that's extreme? That happens. What you need is someone heart and soul says, I'm not looking at that. I'm shacking up with you, baby. 
and we're going to pray this thing through, heart and soul, until God takes what the enemy wanted to do for bad on your kid, and he uses it for good. We're in this together. I'm not leaving you until God gives an answer. Amen? People with you, heart and soul. If you're married in one day, your marriage is on shaky ground. What you don't need is a couple coming in your world and he's taking sides with him and she's taking sides with her. What you need is a couple that are heart and soul and say, I love you and I love you, but I believe in this covenant. I believe the enemy is not going to destroy what God has brought together. You guys are going through a rocky patch, but hey, we're with you all the way. We're going to stand with you heart and soul until God brings you out the other side. We're going to stick with you. We're going to love you. We're going to support you heart and soul to the very end. Amen. You know, one of the biggest testimonies in my life as a new believer, again, 23 years ago in a little church on the eastern suburbs of Sydney and Monavale, was watching heart and soul relationships in the dynamics of our connect groups. And I remember one couple, an old English couple, Rob and Shirley, that would welcome every day, on the, uh, every Sunday on the doors without fail, so faithful, probably in their, la- in their mid-60s to late-60s. And I remember Rob fell ill very quickly with liver cancer, and it was pretty dire diagnosis. And what their life group did, their connect group did, was they came together, they sat down, they had a meeting, and they worked out for the next 12 months, between all of them, there was probably about seven or eight people in there, they would help cover the basic costs of their living so that Shirley could step out of her work and actually be by the side of Rob for 12 months, journeying through with him. Who does that? What is that? That's crazy. The world looks in that and goes, are oh, you out of your mind? That's so culture cultural. But what that is, is a Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-filled, people working together in relationship, in biblical agreement, going, you know what, we're going to actually walk out the love of Christ for this couple, heart and soul. And let me tell you, the testimony out of that speaks louder than any message spoken. I remember another family in that church, um, Richard and Linda Cowie. They had a young daughter at the time I came in. She was probably about 24 she suffered from a mental disability, but this girl was just unashamed to stand at the front of church and worship God. And I remember coming in as a non-believer, and she caught my eye. And I remember thinking, how radical and crazy is this person? And it was a bit weird, but every Sunday I would watch this girl get up the front in her own way and just pour her heart out to God. Unfortunately, not long after I came to that church, she passed away from this condition. And let me tell you who sustained that couple through that, their connect group. The connect group prayed for them, supported them, loved them, helped counsel them. I remember the day that they buried their daughter. Who sustained them? The connect group. They were there for them, heart and soul, every day, helping them work through a grieving process. Church, that is the love of Christ. That is the testimony the world needs to see and hear. Because when they see that, they go, I don't understand it, but there's something about it that I need to be a part of. There's something about that. People that come together, heart and soul. Amen? And I love Moses. You know, God got him, whenever they, they faced a lot of battles out in the desert, God would get Moses up on a hill and say, lift your hands to me, Moses. Lift your hands to me. And as he do that, the Israelites would prevail over the enemy in the desert, Joshua leading the charge as a general. And they'd fight the Amalekites often in their journey through the desert. And as, if Moses would stand on a cliff before them with his hands raised to heaven, Israel would prevail. The minute he got tired and his hands began to drop, the Amalekites would begin to turn the tide and start to overcome the Israelites. And I love the story because here God doesn't leave Moses standing on his own, arms lifted. 
He goes, you know what, I'm going to send you, Moses, some heart and soul people to help you. And so he sends Aaron and her up to the top of the mountain with him. And he says, when your hands get tired, Moses, then I'm going to get these guys alongside you and they're going to hold your hands up for you so that victory will happen in your life. Victory will happen for your people. And what I find interesting about that story is God says to Moses, when your arms get tired, God's not negating the fact that you will have struggles in your life. My friend, when the season comes that you're overwhelmed, when the season comes when you're lying in darkness thinking, is this all I've got? When the season comes when you think, is this really worth it? Are my kids ever coming back to me? Am I ever going to have my health restored? Is my marriage ever going to be the same? Can I ever walk back into that church again? When God says the times are coming that you're going to be weak, I want to send you people with a heart and soul. Because sometimes you're not going to have the strength to keep your arms lifted in worship. Sometimes the battle's going to want to overcome you. That's where you don't need another awesome message. You don't need more anointing. What you need are people around your life, heart and soul, that says, I know you're tired, but we can go a little bit longer. I'm going to hold your hands up so that worship keeps flowing through your life. And as it does, you watch God turn the tide on your circumstances. Amen. Come on, give him a hand this morning. I'm telling you, I feel in my heart that some of you are in that place of going, you know what? The journey's been long. I'm tired. I don't actually have the strength to lift my arms up. God wants to get into your life, people with heart and soul, that say, you know what, that's okay. That's okay, that's why we're here. We're gonna help lift your arms up, heart and soul. You look at the New Testament, the book of Acts, as the new church is birthed, and it's this beautiful picture of people coming together in community doing life together, praying for one another in the Word of God, selling what they owned to help out the needs of others. Never before, you've got to understand, this is the first time people were seeing this dynamic happen in the world. The church is being birthed, and here all of a sudden, communities are being formed of people with the common belief in unity, speaking the same truth, and it's gaining momentum. And what's happening, and what I find fascinating, is that the rest of the world is looking on as this is happening, going, that person just sold their land so that they could provide for those three families. We've never seen that before. That's radical. That's crazy, but it's so magnetic that all of a sudden, people are coming into this movement. I need some of that. Man, I don't have people like that in my world that are going to journey with me. The world's cruel. If you don't succeed, if you're not at the top, you're left behind. But not here, church. That's not the design God has for us. And so the church is growing and people are adding and coming together, heart and soul. And this here's what I hear all the time. Justin, that's awesome, but I just don't have the time. I'm so busy. Life, can I just be honest with you? My life's busy, church. Yeah, I work a big job, come home, family. I'm trying to finish some studies. I've got to do that on my own time. Part of a church community. I don't have time. But you know what God has challenged me and convicted me on? I do not have time not to form the right relationships in my life. Amen. I do not, I cannot run the risk of doing this journey on my own. And one day when I need someone, and I'm at my darkest place, and I turn around, and there's no one there, and I cry out to God and say, God, why aren't you helping me? He's saying, I'm trying to, but you won't accept those relationships. You won't make the time. You won't make the sacrifice. You won't make the investment. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? 
Can I challenge you, church? You don't have the time not to get people in your world that are going to hold your hands up when life is falling apart. Amen? Amen? Connect group in its purest form. Church in its purest form. A group of people coming together. You know, can I, and hand on heart, I know Angie and I can honestly say that, that who we are today, the impact we've had on people and communities, the way that we operate in our family, the way that we deal with our children, just the journey that we're on, still together, trying to hang on to Jesus, making is because of relationships that we have had in the context of our connect groups that we've journeyed with every day. They say, we love you guys. You know, I don't know about you, but I need space and time to be me, where I don't have to perform. I don't have to be the Justin that's always up and bubbly and smiling. I can be the Justin that goes, you know what, this week sucks, and I hate everybody, and I don't want to talk to anybody, and I just need to be me, and I'm praying about something. What do you think, right? You need that, church. You need that in your world. You need that in your world. Listen to me. If you want stronger finances, get around people that handle their money well right? Simple, simple truth. If you want great relationships, get around people that, Grand Sally, if you want to grow, people that model relationships so well, get around people that can speak, you want a good relationship with God? Get around people that have a great relationship with God. Let their voices wash over you. Catch what's on their life, church. And then when someone offends you and does something you don't like, get over it. Forgive them. Move on. It's biblical, people. It's biblical, right? How many people, again, pick up their Bibles and walk out of churches in a half because they've been offended and insulted? Guess what? The, life is, the world, life is full of difficult people. Amen? At some point, we've got to get over it. Can I tell you a truth? Connect groups are full of difficult people. Connect groups are full of weird people. In fact, I've got 10 people right now I'd love to run over with my car, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying they're in my world, right? They're in my world. We've got to move on from that place. Amen? Sorry, George, people have been talking. I just had to say this, you know. <laughs> you know, and I pray, I really pray, church, that, you know, the power of connection where two or three are gathered, there God turns up in their midst. Amen. Christians, oh, man, I pray that you would get this inside of you. Yeah. And for those of you, maybe you, you don't, you've never heard this before, you don't believe, you've never heard of a God, I want to tell you, oh my gosh, get involved in it. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be the slickest, smoothest, best Christian performer person out there. Just get involved in it and watch your life begin to change. Amen. We might stand if we can and ask the band to come up. That would be great. Just as we stand, I want you just to take a moment as we draw to a close. I want to just be very honest. Let's have an honest moment this morning, church. Some of you can think right now about the five most influential voices in your life, and you can say, Justin, you know what? They're not the greatest. They're probably not the greatest. If I'm honest with myself, in the journey that I've had with people over the years, they haven't been the greatest. You know, we talk about having that someone in your life or those people in your life that are with you heart and soul through the good times and the bad times that know you through and through, that can help you, can be that sounding board, can give you guidance can just help carry you when you don't have the strength. Just really quickly, no one's looking around, just an honest moment. How many of you say, Justin, I would love that, but if I'm honest with myself, I don't really have that right now in my life. Anyone like that? Yep. There's a couple I know. It's just been real. It's just been real. Yep. 
I need that in my life, but thank you, thank you. But I don't have it. I want to stand with you this morning in prayer. And I want to believe that when you walk out of this place today, God is going to give you opportunity and He's going to give you eyes to see. Listen to me, it's not just that they're not already in your life, but you need eyes to see what's in them. And as you begin to make that time and that commitment and that investment and that sacrifice, something beautiful is going to grow between you. All of a sudden, it's not just a friendship, but it's a brotherhood or it's a sisterhood. So right now, why don't you just close your eyes and I want to, I want to speak out this prayer in faith this morning. Father, right now, we take your word and we bury it into our heart. God, that we're two or more gathered there in your name. You are. God, that when we come together in agreement, there is no mountain too big, no devil too great, no problem too wide that we cannot overcome because your spirit is leveraged as people come together in agreement and say, you know what? Today's the day. I'm not staying in my cave. I'm sick of sitting in the dark. I'm sick of being the victim of circumstances because of dysfunctional relationships, people I should have walked away from a long time ago, but I've never had the courage to do it. I want you to make a declaration this morning, church, today's the day. Today's the day. Echo the voice of Jonathan this morning. Today's the day I step out of the darkness into the light and I'm going to walk head on into whatever it is I need to faith and I know that my God is going to be with me. I know today that I'm going to overcome, that God's going to begin to bring people around my world, heart and soul, heart and soul, that in those times where your arms are tired, as a parent, you just can't parent anymore. They're going to come into your world and say, it's okay, we can do this together. I don't want to go to church today. I know. I know what you're going through. I know you're hurting. I know you're broken. I know you're angry and disappointed at God and you don't want to do this anymore. But I'm telling you, He's got a call on your life. Let's go. Just come with me. We can sit in the back. It's okay, but come with me. We're going to do this together. Father, right now I pray, God, there is nothing more powerful than your people coming together, the body of Christ. In agreement and unity, loving one another as you have loved the church. But Father, right now we just get real and we know that there are people here today that are journeying alone. They're doing it alone. They're, they're sitting in the dark. They're getting uh, struggles and attacks and they don't have any voice, any strength, any guidance. Lord, I pray that as they go out from this place, God, you give them eyes to see. God ordained divine opportunities for connection, for relationship. God, if they're not journeying within a connect group, God, I pray that you would stir their heart again to reach out, to reach out. I want you to hear me, church. It, it wasn't the armor bearer's responsibility to push Jonathan out of the cave. It wasn't the armor bearer's. It's not your friends. It's not your mother's. It's not your pastor's responsibility to push you out of the cave. You've got to come to a decision. Go, I'm sick of this. I'm taking a step. I'm putting on my big boy pants and I'm stepping out of the cave and I know God's going to be with me. And as long as I keep walking, God's going to be there. Father, right now I pray, send people around their worlds. Let this church be defined as a church of God-ordained relationships and connections where we together take heaven by force, Father. Right now, in Jesus' name, very quickly, no one looking around. Maybe you've heard this message this morning saying, Justin, I want that, but you know what? I don't even have that relationship with God. 
but I need that man if you're telling me God's going to get in my world God's going to help me God's going to protect my life God's going to set me on the right path so that my future's successful my future's bright if that's you no one's looking around I don't want to embarrass you but my heart is for those people that are broken and I want to give you an opportunity this morning to say you know what I need to accept Christ into my life or maybe you're saying you know what my relationship has become so fractured I don't even know if I have one anymore I used to I know what you're talking about Justin but I haven't felt that for a long time if that's you either one of those two categories this morning no one's looking around very quickly can you just lift your hand and say Justin will you just pray with me pray for me right now no one's looking around thank you thank you no, now's the opportunity let today be the day that you say I'm going to get things right with God it's not about anyone else it's about you today's the day I'm going to get my life right with God if that's you one more time very quickly I don't want to labor it put your hand up and I'll pray with you thank you Father right now I just pray God that you would enter into their worlds like a flood God I thank you that you say that who you set free that person is free indeed listen to me there's no sin nothing in your past that can hinder God from forgiving you wiping your slate sin saying today it starts again for you you have a new opportunity to walk with God afresh if you just receive that it's a free gift His forgiveness His assurance of eternal life with Him I'm telling you things are going to be okay Father right now I thank you for your grace I thank you for your mercy I thank you for these people that make up the family that is C3 Noosa. God, I pray today, this morning, strengthen us in our connections, strengthen us in our relationships as we go out from this place. Let our homes be full of laughter and praise and worship and testimony of testimony of God's goodness. If you agree with me, church, say amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.